0: Hey, everyone. Did you see the match? Yeah, let's let's leave that and move on. Um, <laughs> being an England supporter is always hard, isn't it? Um, but we got to the final, which is pretty impressive. Well done, to Southgate. Well done to every single one of those players. They did us proud. And um, yeah, got to keep up morale, guys, because we've got the World Cup next year. Let's see what we can do in that as well. Um, I think we can do go really, really far because we've got some amazing players. So come on, guys. We can pull together, um, as a team and we can make this. Okay. So, um, let me just talk a bit about what's going on this week and, uh, in particular, this show, uh, for Tuesday so this week the wolf and i have assembled and we are fasting you're more than welcome to join us if you wish you don't if you've missed the beginning of it it's fine the fast is actually there for anyone at any time and for you know as long as you want to as well uh, and also if you're an old hand or if you're new to it, it doesn't make any difference so the fast started on Sunday evening. Uh, the fasting window goes through until, Su- uh, till Friday, sorry, this week. Um, and every evening we're going to be having our zoom call. Um, so you're more than welcome to come and join and see about fasting for the first time and ask some questions or start your fast tonight. Whatever you want to do is fine. Now, what we'll do is um join an app as well. So I'm on this app called uh, Life and it's uh, a fasting circle that we're actually part of. So you put in how much time you're fasting for uh, and then it will show you and sort of monitor your fast as you go along. And it shows you things about, you know, like, for instance, when you go into ketosis, when you go into deeper ketosis, all that sort of thing. Um, and it's just nice to have a record I've not used it before but I thought I would give it a go this time so all of you are welcome and if you want to join our zoom calls I put the invitation up in the afternoon sort of late afternoon early evening um, just so that I can say you know this is a meeting see you shortly and then at eight o'clock we have that chat so come and join us guys it'd be great to see you there now before I get into today's show I also want to say a bit about this podcast so we are about to hit a really, really major milestone in terms of of downloads. I won't say what it is, but um, we'll be, I'm sure, announcing that at some point this week, the way the downloads are going, probably by about Thursday, I thought. Um, So I will tell you all about that at the time on social media and in the group. So join UK Low Carb, um, which is Just really, really exciting. Um, But I just want to say as well that I'm thinking about changing the show's format a little bit. Now, when I say that, don't panic. It's not going to change massively. So firstly, I'm going to rebrand the Friday show. It's going to be called N Equal One. Um, Now, Ansel Keys apparently was questioned. I read this in uh, Nina Teicholz's book. And he was, you know, every time he was questioned about his results, he said, I've got 5,000 examples to back me up. What have you got? And I just thought, you know what, that that's a target for me. If I can get 5,000 N equal one stories... I would love that fact and say, you know, this is the evidence I've got to show that N equals 5,000, that actually, you know, we're on the right side of the argument here that low carb is the answer. And that sugar is the problem that we're trying to face and carbohydrate becomes, you know, breaking down starch becomes sugar in the blood in the body. So N equal one will be the name of that show on a Friday. Or it'll be called Meet the Expert. So if I'm talking to someone like Gary Torbs uh, or Graham Phillips or Nicola Howard or um, Tim Noakes on one of those shows, it'd be a Meet the Expert show. Um, or it would be someone sharing their story, and then it's an N equals one show. Okay, so we're trying to get as many of those N equals one episodes as done as possible. Then on a Tuesday, what I've been doing up to now, as I'm sure you know, is doing special episodes. So Graham and I did a show, show, uh, sorry, a series of eight uh, shows. And, um, uh, that was really popular. I know that went down really well. Um, I've just recorded four shows with Katie Cal Daisy and she's doing some cookery with me, uh, and describing how she does some things. And then we're going to put that on, on YouTube as well. Nicola Howard is coming on soon. She'll be sharing her story, um, but also some tips and stuff as a, as a coach. So I wanted to do series rather than just random shows here and there. Um, but if you've got any, anyone who wants to do a series with me, anyone who's, um, you know, could be, or yourself maybe, could be good at doing something like that, then just get in touch. Um, you can send me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or email dan at uklowcarb.com. And, um, yeah, it'd be great to have as many ideas on that as possible. The more series we can do, the more kind of value I can bring to you, the better. Um, anyway, today is no different. It's still valuable. It's just a bit of a one-off different one. And that's because I'm, I was on Cambridge 105 recently talking to Alex Elbro, one of the, um, DJs all about seed oils. It's part of our series, You Are What You Eat. And she's, you know, she gives me free reign to talk about what I like. And I said, well, seed oils is a really important topic. So I'll hand over that to, to that episode with Alex Elbro now. And, um, I hope you have a great week, everyone. If you're fasting, good luck. Hope it goes well just the tip for me I'd say for anyone fasting is keep your salt levels up um, you'll be surprised by how um, amazing you can feel when your salt levels are up and how rubbish you can feel when they're, when they're not when they're low so um, have a great week everyone and I will see you all very soon take care and bye bye for now Five. Five. live and local across the city and South Cambridgeshire this is Alex Elbro, Cambridge 105 race.
1: Continuing our series, We Are What We Eat, I'm pleased to say Dan Grief is back with me. And today we're looking at seed oils. Hi, Dan.
0: Hi, Alex. It's always great to be here. I listened to last month's episode and I realised how fast I was talking. So I'll try to be a little bit slower this time, I promise. I get excited, that's my (laughs) I was going
1: to say, it's just your passion and your enthusiasm. So that's very (laughs) understandable. But we'll both try and speak slower for today. So when I was growing up, we had vegetable oil and olive oil when it was a bit fancy but we didn't have any of these seed oils when did seed oils sort of become more fashionable and what do you mean by seed oils
0: yeah well i was gonna ask you the same question what you meant by vegetable oils because there's no such thing as a vegetable oil Ah. even though it's marketed as they're all seed oils now, if the marketeers came along and said, uh, you know, actually they do now, don't they? they? They say oil seed rape or whatever, and it's rapeseed oil, or they call it, you know, bean oil, for instance. don't think it'd be very appealing. So if you say it's vegetable oil, then it's much more likely to appeal to somebody. And so they are all seed oils because there's no oil from vegetable you can get to make that oil from. So that's, that's a very
1: definition. good point. Do you know yeah. what? I'd never even thought of that. I just think of the bog standard one is, oh, vegetable just grab it and you put it in things but i never even thought what what vegetable it was from and clearly it's not so that's a good start
0: you've always got to ask yourself the question as well you know when you're buying a food source is it called the thing it is is it chicken is it broccoli is it runner beans or has it been marketed in some way to make you eat it and if it's been marketed i always put it this way if a product tells you it's healthy it's probably not because that's (laughs) the marketeer who's had to step in to tell you it's healthy where something that is healthy will just be a food source that's been around for millions of years that humans have always eaten and would never consider it not to be healthy. I wouldn't eat a pepper, you know, like a red pepper and think, is that healthy or not? It just doesn't need a warning, does it? And so seed oils have been marketed to replace saturated fats. And I think that's the interesting thing. So just to answer the question, where do they come from? Really it's the end of the 19th century. It's during the industrial revolution that they start making these oils. And I think if you hear the story, you might find it interesting. So I'm not going to make a judgment either way. I'm just going to tell you the story as just plainly and simply as I can, and then just see what you think, okay? So they were originally made as a great oil to use on submarine engines because (laughs) the engines could operate underwater and they wouldn't have the kind of pollutant issues inside the submarine that you'd get with diesel. And that was the idea initially as a fuel source, and you can only make seed oils by having chemical processes. So you need the industrial revolution to be able to make these oils. Then they use things like hydrogenation, et cetera, to then make them into a food stuff. So what happened is these oils were not that successful in the engines. So they then started taking them and using them as a soap. And then the soap didn't sell too well. They got the flavor out. Then they thought, why not sell it as cheap food? Because we've got so much of this stuff left over. The only thing is that if you notice, apart from olive oil, it's very rare to get oil in nature. Most of our oils that we have are really things like saturated fats, which are only oil if you heat them up. Most of the time, they're actually saturated, which means they have a line of carbon and, and hydrogen, meaning they're very stable, and these saturated fats are always solid at room temperature. Olive oil is actually a bit of a mixture of the two, polyunsaturated and saturated, and the seed oils are unsaturated fats, which have been marketed as being good for us. But in actual fact, the evidence is now suggesting they could be, in fact, inflammatory, which is dangerous for us, has a huge impact on our health.
1: Mm, that's so, really interesting. So I'm thinking of like solid ones. So that's like butter and coconut oil as well would be yep. like that, wouldn't it? That they're solid yeah, room at room temperature. Yeah, become hard,
0: yeah. Oh, I see. Which is, which is the norm. Whereas actually, if you actually could look at the bond uh, as a compound, you'd see that the carbon and hydrogen has this double link, which means that it's not actually a straight line. It kinks a little bit. And then what the science community managed to do is hydrogenate, which is add hydrogen particles by putting it into a vacuum and adding the hydrogen. That would then make these bonds break so they can make it into saturated fat now the first margarine and those kinds of fats that came onto the market they gave them to people to try and they didn't want them because they look really white and artificial looking so they had to then color it butter colored with food coloring so you're talking about an oil that's for engines that's then gone through a highly well first i didn't tell you about how they get the oil out of the seed When you have an olive, you crush it, you get the extra virgin oil, and then they put it into a solvent bath, the other oil, which is not so great. With seed oils, you get very little out from the first crushing. So it has to be in a solvent bath to be able to take the oil from it in the first place. You need chemicals to get this oil out. But if you use it in a car, you don't care so much for a submarine. (laughs) The fact Mm. we're eating it, that's a scary thing. So now that's been done, they hydrogenate it, which is they put the hydrogen atoms into it to try and make it more stable. So you're talking about something that's been a solvent bath to take it out of the seed. Then it's had a chemical process and now it's had other chemistry processes try and make it more stable. And at the last minute they then put the food colouring to make it look like fat. All because heart disease hypothesis said that saturated fat is bad for you. And so there's this fear that what we've been eating for millions of years is bad. So this modern processed oil is supposedly good for us and the proof is now that that processing of the item plus the fact that it's unsaturated is more likely to cause inflammation and inflammation is a cause of lots of our health issues in the, in this country and around the world
1: That's very interesting and quite worrying because you think if anything has to be over processed we're all looking for now clean eating eating from first principles if you like it's interesting that these had gone through so much but none of that is mentioned when you buy them. So I've been hearing about cold pressed, cold rapeseed oil or like you get cold pressed olive oil don't you which is the virgin pressing so are those any better
0: well okay so in terms of the processing if you have less processing that means the thing you're going to have is always going to be slightly better because you're less likely to have the chemicals used to make the food in the first place but if you for instance cold press something that's not a food it's not going to make it better for you suddenly by the process so olive oil is good for you because it's high in omega-3 and even though it has a mixture of saturated and unsaturated fat it has high levels of omega-3 which is really good for your body whereas these oils are quite often high in omega-6 so and too much omega-6 is a problem and that's the thing really the advice should be don't you don't have to have more omega-3 because you're probably getting quite a lot of it already so if you're taking fish oil etc that's great but really you need to drop the levels of omega-6 you're having because too much omega-6 is definitely not good. And so these psyllid oils, doesn't matter what the process is to get to the oil. If it's higher in omega-6, that's always going to be more of a problem. And so it's not going to take that away. It doesn't, doesn't matter how you get it out. But of course, if it is not cold-pressed and rather it is through the solvent bath method, then actually that omega-6 oil is going to be even worse because then it's got the chemical element to it as well.
1: So I was going to ask, I'm sure I don't remember growing up, going back to that, these fields and fields of rapeseed oil. Has there been some sort of incentive to farms to grow it, which is why we've seen such an upsurge in these types of oil?
0: In all honesty, I don't know the answer to that particular question, but I do know how the market has changed. So I remember this when I was, you know, a child in the eighties and I'm sure we had vegetable oil and it's quite common, but I remember the fish and chip shop, for instance, changing over and they put a sign up to say, now frying with healthy sunflower oil instead of, I assume it's animal fats before that and it's lard and whatnot. And I also remember the conversation was, you know, lard can you believe that your grandparents used to cook with lard for crying out loud and how basic is that i think we even looked at the second world war at school and the ration packs and lard was one of those things you'd be rationed like lard that's disgusting and i think the market did change but then the reason for that is because it's advertised to us in a certain way to say it was healthier to have these oils than it was to have saturated fat if you remember what i said about ansel keys and the heart hypothesis then the whole thing was that saturated fat is bad for us that saturated fat causes heart disease because actually that theory has had a massive impact but it meant that really the marketing agencies they then started getting involved trying to promote this other type of fat which they believed was healthy and they've been selling it ever since and of course that argument's got through to us if you say you know polyunsaturated or saturated fat Everyone would assume saturated fat is bad and polyunsaturated fat is good. But in actual fact, no one talks about inflammation. They just think it clogs up your heart. But the heart hypothesis was wrong. So you've got kind of this argument that's come through. And of course, like in all these cases, there is big money behind it. And you'll find that there'll be lobbyists who are fighting on behalf of their clients who've done a great job to make sure that their products are getting into our supermarkets and that we believe that we're feeding our kids healthy things because we think, oh, that's a healthier fact. The thing that worries me a little bit Is that in the future i can see how low carbohydrate and keto diets could become more popular but if you've got these products coming in which are really high in seed oils but they're called just it's fat so it's fine but that's worrying i think you should always question what your food is you're eating not just the the macronutrient is a fat is a protein but actually where's that protein coming from where's that fat coming from and i think the simple test is is it something you've eaten for millions of years as a human race or is this something that's been made in a factory and it's been put through these different chemical processes? And if it has, do you really want to eat it? Because it's probably not really the way it should be. I wouldn't be surprised, and this is it's just my own prediction. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I would not be surprised in the future they don't look back on all this and say, what were they doing? Why were they going to factories to make this chemical <laughs> stuff to eat it? And then they were saying it's healthier. What they've been eating the whole time—it's like a cow eating grass and saying, "Don't eat the grass; that's really bad for you." We've made this new super astro turf in a <laughs> factory. Eat that instead—you'll be healthier. Yeah. And then the cow gets sick. Well, have some medicine. Maybe the thing the cow's been eating forever is actually good for the cow. Maybe the things that we've been eating forever are good for us. And that's the thing—in terms of human history. This is what I find incredible. You know, we have for millions of years eaten the same way pretty much, i.e. we haven't had grains, we haven't had sugar, we haven't had seed oils. We've had the sugar and the seed oils come in in abundance in the last 100 years in particular, but the grains in the last 2,000 years in particular of people in this part of the world in Britain. And then it's only been really the last sort of, what, 100 years we've had seed oils and the health problems are now. And I suspect the seed oils are at the heart of a lot of our problems, we've moved away from them first before even the grains even so anyone following any way of life I'd avoid the seed oils first.
1: Thank you that's really interesting and I had no no idea about how those seed oils worked so that's definitely a lesson learned for me. Thank you very much Dan and I will look forward to speaking to you again next month.
0: Yeah cheers Alex and let's hope that June is more like summer than May has been because it's been pretty awful so far isn't it? <laughs> it would be nice wouldn't it? Yeah thank Please you. Cross day.